speaking of being proactive, let's head on <laughs> into For the Culture and let's talk about uh, this new opportunity uh, that people can get in on. Right. So there is this black woman. Go black women. I am one. I love us for real. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Hey, this is Nika Monford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And you're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs, where we talk all things Apple and then some. And we're back for another week. We are back. (laughs) So what's been going on? How's the week been? Uh, Actually, this week has been pretty good. Uh, I'm getting back in the shape of getting in shape. (laughs) (laughs) I figure since uh, they about to tell everybody to go back in house for another lockdown because it's coming. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I feel that if I get started now, I'll be able to catch up to all the people who have been trying to get their Rona body together since March. Mm -hmm. So because, you know, they assume, okay, March, April, May, We'll be in the house come June, July. Come we'll summertime. summertime. Well, since, you know, people can't act right. And the summertime is pretty much canceled for 2020. Mm-hmm. So if I get started now, by the time whenever outside opens back up, it'll be like I started in March. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I know. I don't know when this whole outside opening up thing. I just people just the numbers are just like going up everywhere and they're still having these conversations about schools opening and i'm like they obviously don't believe in science because there's no way that these kids are going back to school in what a month and a half well the 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 issue is you know uh for somebody who has kids and we've are starting to have these conversations because they've sent the messages to our families like look you get the option of doing like a uh, a combination of virtual and in class or you can like choose virtual but they really don't give you any information on how they're really going to keep the kids safe you know are the kids going are all the desks going to be encased in plexiglass are the kids going to have to wear a mask all day long who's going to enforce the kids wearing masks these little kids right. you're thinking like what five-year-old pre-k right you're not going to be able to keep these kids in these masks all day for eight right. hours? <laughs> Are the classes going to be smaller? Is it instead of being 20 or 30 kids, is it going to be 15 kids? You know, they can't really answer those questions because nobody knows. But the issue is specifically while we're talking about schools, they have to open up because they're going to lose the budgets and they can't just it's, it's not like a rent. You know, it's not like mortgage payments It's like these schools, you know, have to not fight, but they have to submit and get approved for these budgets. And if they don't. If they don't open school back up, they're not going to get those budgets, which is going to cause a whole nother problem. But, I mean, as a parent, I can't risk sending my kids to school because you're worried about money. You know, that my main concern is, are can you guarantee, I know there's no such thing as guarantees, but can you provide the same safe, healthy environment sending my kids to school that I can keeping them in the house? And mm-hmm. if you can't say yes, then I can't send my kids to school. 
And whatever happens, it sucks. Teachers and budgets and education. I get it. But if I send my kids to school and something happens to them, you know, I would much rather roll the dice and say, okay, well, if it comes down to you can't guarantee my kids safety at school, I'm just going to keep them home. And they can't um, give you the budget that you're going to need to take care of these kids if they get sick. Because I know I've seen somewhere where they're saying that to get the, the COVID tests that are, are being proposed, it's like two three $3,000 for a single test. Right. Or something right. crazy like that. Like, And then if you test one week or one month and then a kid comes down with it, you're going to you're going to have to test again all over again. So that's extra money. And if you open up the school and September goes fine, October goes fine, November has an issue, then are we going to are they going to cancel? You know what are they going to do for winter break? And it's, it's it's you know, if you can't if you don't have the answers to those questions, then I as a parent, I can't advocate. I can't send my kids to school when. All these answers have not these questions have not been answered. And like you said, on on the budget thing, you know, these states are not giving schools extra money. You know, it's like the budget is the budget. You lose it if you use it or you lose it, you know, which is again, it's totally unfair to the schools, totally unfair to the teachers and the staff and all the people that, you know, schools employ or whatever the case may be. But I mean, my kids aren't teachers. My kids aren't administrative staff. My t- my kids are not bus drivers. My kids are not people who, you know, keep the school grounds and the janitors and the, all that. I can't answer for them. I can only answer for my kids. And if again, if you can't answer these questions to guarantee to some extent that my kids will be safe going to school, I'm just going to keep them on. Yeah. And then the unfortunate thing is for those parents who have to go back to work and they have no choice but to send their kids back to school. Right, right. So I just, I would think that the people that write the laws and make laws, they make laws that suit them. So why can't they make laws for these budgets to freeze the budget? Because we're in the middle of a freaking pandemic. I mean, what? And and it's not getting any better. It's getting it's, worse. It's getting worse <laughs> because people won't listen. Yep. And like, how many deaths have we? Are we like at like a half a million deaths worldwide now, or something like crazy like that? I'm just like, bro, I. It just baffles me that it shouldn't baffle me, but it does. That money is the overriding factor. You would think at some point someone would say, okay. This is crazy. We can't do this. But we live in a capitalist society, so it's all about those ducats. We are, uh, unfortunately, uh, we are too far gone to where we can turn on a dime. Now, as a result of all this, coming out on the other side, who knows when that's going to be, there may be some things that we change going forward. Again, you know, there's no such thing as going back to the way things were. Mm-hmm. Some things are going to have to change. Right. Coming on the other side, we'll learn some lessons. There may be some adjustments, but to turn on a dime, our economy can't ha- it, it can't handle it. I just man, I I don't know. It's just it's it's just so wild. And I know, you know, I don't know the NBA is doing this, quote unquote, season. But then like what? What is it like? 
five or 10% of the 350 players that they tested, like, I think it's like 300 players, like 16 of them have the Corona. And then they found, I think the Denver Nuggets, like a bunch of their staff and players have it. And they're talking about all these people going to Florida to play a season that doesn't even count. Why you're, you're putting players and people in danger that they need to use their lungs to, to do their job, to run up and down a court. Mm-hmm. You got to have, you know, some healthy lungs and a healthy body. Yep. And, I, and they, they're just so short sighted that these guys are literally risking their lives to do their jobs when they don't have to. Yep. Nobody and asked some, for this. Yep. And some of the players, you know, are starting to not revolt, but they're starting to have conversations on whether or not they should play in this, you know, quote unquote season. You know, there's been conversations, you know, Kyrie Irving and a couple other players have voiced their concerns. I haven't heard anything, you know, uh, fester up to a outright, we ain't playing this season. But, you know, these players realize, you know, what their worth is and they realize what's at stake. So, you know, even if the NBA moves forward, fast forward with this season, you know, who knows if this will put a wedge between the NBA, the owners and the players themselves, you know, so who knows? And it's all this again, it goes back to economics. You know, they the NBA has to do something or their budget next year or their revenue rather next year is going to look trash. Same thing with the schools. Yeah. Same thing with, you know, some of these same thing with these states. The reason why you you see a Texas and you see a California and you see a Florida and you see a Georgia, you know, the reason why it's still full steam ahead or at the very least, let's not go backwards. Let's just stop, right? Let's just take a pause. But the reason why they're not enforcing the mask, the reason why they're not reinstating the stay-at-home quarantine rules is because the economy soon is going to start to crumble. And it's like, you know, there's going to come a point in time with our economy. It sucks, you know, but they're going to have to, they're going to have to start sacrificing somewhere. And, you know, the way our economy is set up, I don't think it can handle, you know, a full shutdown. But at the same time, the, the we won't be able to get rid of the, yeah, it's like what, com- what comes first, the chicken or the egg. Right. You, yep. you need the economy to keep our system, our way of life going. But then you also need people. And Pe- if people, you just right. throw everybody out there, even more people are going to die. So it's right. Just, and it's, and it's going to drag out longer. So it's yeah. like, do you take the bullet now or do you take the bullet later? You know, it's like, which one? Eventually which you take the bullet. Yeah. The question is, when do you want to take it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so, but again, it wouldn't be so bad. Like you uh, referenced, it wouldn't be so bad if folks would just either stay in the house or put the daggone mask on. I don't understand. Well, I mean, I kind of understand, but I don't want to understand what is it? What, the mass is so political. It's like everybody. It's not even common sense. It's just it's like science. this is what we're asking you to do to help out. Wear the mask. And people have used this. As Violating such my a, rights. And I'm like, yeah. how? How is this? How? I I don't want them to explain to me because I know it'd be stupid. But right. I just like the thought process that this Wearing a mask to protect yourself from getting a virus that could kill you. 
is how is that political? I just I don't get it. Yeah, so. I get it, but I don't. Yeah, so that's what's been going on with me this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, you know, just saying, we just like I said, you know, school's coming up. We got to make a decision about that the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, um, both of our jobs are secure right now, but again, if things keep going the way they are going. You know, there may be another round of layoffs in October and then who knows, you know, we I can't guarantee, you know, everything is secure. You know, my, nobody can, you know. Mm-hmm. So right now it's just the the essential, you know, frontline workers and the essential employees and the, the service industry that is taking the most hit right now. But as more and more of these companies start to, you know, um, reveal their revenue and reveal their quarter two budgets and quarter three revenue, mm-hmm. you know, more and more of these bigger companies are going to take a bigger hit, which means more people are going to be, you know, uh, unemployed or risking layoffs or furloughed, you know, working for free, essentially. Yeah. And then, you know, what take what what effect is that going to have on our economy? And it's like, again, it all goes back to if we would have just did it, number one, if we would have jumped on this early, that's mm-hmm. the first mistake, right? Second mistake is since we knew, it's like if we just hunker down and do what we're supposed to do, we can shorten this thing. That's mistake number two. So we'll see what mistake number three is. Is mistake number three, we send some people out to sacrifice for the quote unquote better of the economy. And then it'll be interesting to see. Who actually gets sacrificed? You know, we already know who gets sacrificed. Right, right. So so that'll be the the next, you know, mistake. It's like, okay, well, you know, we we've got these politicians and we've got these people talking about my rights, like you mentioned, my rights are being violated because I can't wear this mask and so on and so forth. It'll be interesting to see when they really, when we really have to sacrifice some people, we have to sacrifice our whatever the case may be. It'll be interesting to see. Where what line people fall on when it affects them directly. So, but 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 by that time, too late is not the right word. Yeah. But it's like you know, how long is this going to go on? You know, again, we still got another year until they even think about finding a vaccine. Right? Are people are people just assuming we're going to find one by the fall? You know, I we just, ain't even talking. Mm-hmm. We're not even talking about flu season. That ain't even came yet. So. <laughs> I just it's. Ugh. I don't know. It's just, it's like, it's literally like the wild, wild west. It's just like you're, with everything you do, you're taking a a sizable risk. And how are you going to, to, you know, cope with that? Um, It's, it's crazy. I just, you know. So all all that to say, uh, I got some extra time to get. (laughs) Rona fine. <laughs> right. You got so, some extra time to go downstairs and right, get right. your roll on, get your yeah, so I, eating I started, habits on. Yeah, I started doing eating a little bit better. So, you know, uh, Laundra, my wife, she's been on the eat better kick. And, you know, I just eat whatever the kids eat. So mm-hmm. now I'm starting to come over to her side. So I'm starting to eat the the salads and starting to eat a little bit better. And then mm-hmm. I, ordered, I ordered some of those um, nasty... <laughs> Shakes, smoothies that mm. come in, you know, the subscription box smoothie pack. <sighs> when I it's... was with my trainer and she like tried to get me to do them, I just, I mean, I literally tried them all. I tried the powder. I tried making my own. I tried the liquid ones. And it's, I have a texture problem. 
So with right. textures of certain food, I can't, and I just, I can't do any types of those shapes. It's just the right. texture is just and like wild. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. Yep. And then the one they say, well, you just shake it for 30 minutes. Mm-mm. And then I shake it for 30 minutes and it's all gooey. Ugh. But you know, I, it's so, but if you put it in the blender, now I got to take all this prep work and put it in the blender and then I got to clean the blender out. Cause mm-hmm. if you don't, then you come back the next time I want to make a shake and then you got to clean it out. Then it's so, so, you know, all that to say, but you know, I'm trying to do the, the, you know, eat better and cut out all the snacks and stuff. I think I've ate, eaten up all the, the cakes and the snacks and stuff in the house. So now I'm gonna tell the wife don't order any more snacks or anything, <laughs> you know, try to eat better and, you know, figure out some sort of pattern. Cause with me, with exercise, with anything, I need a pattern. It needs to be, I can do this same thing mm-hmm. every single day. And there's no, you know, I don't like variety when it comes to something I got to focus on. It's like, you know, every day I do this one exercise. I'm not the person that does, okay, legs this day and then arms this day and then back this day and then stomach this day. It's like, nope, I need one <laughs> exercise that does all of the body parts in this one go if that takes me an hour that's fine but at the end of this hour i know that i've done this full body workout and i can do the same thing every every day same thing with eating you know it's like all right i need to eat this thing for breakfast this one thing nothing else this thing for lunch and then this thing for de- for dinner you know and everybody's like, oh well that's no variety i'm like look if you ask some variety i'll get confused and i won't do it <laughs> so, and see i'm the complete opposite i have to i have to do a different kind of exercise like because otherwise, I'll get bored. I was like, I don't want to do that no more. So I have to try and like trick myself and say, oh, you get to do this this day. Oh, you get to do this next day. Because like we just finished like a challenge with some of my uh, friends on Facebook. We did like the the ab and squat challenge. Mm-hmm. So we finished that yesterday. So now there's a poll in the group of what do we want to do next? Do we just want to focus on one thing? Do we want to do variety? Do we want to do like a, a dance type fitness and then the other option was just drink wine and eat cookies. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so, but we did that for, I don't know, was it about a month? We had like, you know, we had to do something like every day. Um, so that was pretty good. So I did keep up with that. I didn't do any like extra exercise out of that, but I figured if I could like consistently do that, then I was good. And then I went back to my pescatarian diet. And, um, so I've been trying to do like, um, a green smoothie in the morning, do like a, a heavy lunch, heavy mm-hmm. meaning, you know, I do like a couple vegetables and, uh, you know, some type of fish or seafood. And then for dinner, I would do another smoothie. So I just kind of mix up my smoothie variety just to give myself a little taste of different things so yeah so but i need definitely to keep, go back to the drawing board of what i order because the 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 ads they got me on instagram <laughs> the instagram ads got me but for, never again what they got you for this huh? for, for the for the shake smoothie thing oh. that, I, that i ordered so they they got me so <laughs> i'm a butt i don't like to waste stuff so i'm about to eat all these smoothie things because i ain't about to throw nothing in the trash right so i'm gonna eat all i'm gonna suck it up and just gulp it down in Ooh. one <laughs> one take and then once i'm done i'll move on to something else so anybody out there got suggestions on a uh good smoothie protein something mixture that i can do twice a day let me know in the comments and you want it pre-made right you don't want to have to make it i would prefer not to make it at the very least 
all the ingredients come and then I just throw it in the blender. I don't want to have to cut nothing. I don't want to have to portion nothing. I don't want to have to weigh nothing. I just want to put it in the thing, blend it and shake it and drink it. That's all I want to do. So if you can meet those requirements, let me know. Holla at your boy. (laughs) All right. So before we get into the show, we have a little bit of an announcement. So we set up a Patreon. Finally, finally, finally. Finally. So for our Patreon, we will actually start it next month. Uh, I guess be on the lookout for an email uh, from us um, about how to sign up. But you will be able to find us on Patreon. Um, if you go to Patreon and what, just do Snobble West Cast. Yep, yep. Just do a search. We're there already. We're so already wanna, there. If you want to drop you a couple dollars, you know, let us know ahead of time. <laughs> right. Um, so essentially for um, our Patreon, we only have one level for now. We're starting up small, um, which will be $5 a month. And for the $5 a month, you will get access to the show early. Um, you'll get the live um, video cast. So we'll start videoing the podcast. And you'll also get kind of just the part that we just did now where we kind of did the catch up and the intro. That will be a part of the Patreon that will no longer be a part of the regular show. So if you don't subscribe to a Patreon when you hear us, we will start straight off with the lowdown. So you'll miss the what the 20 or so minutes that we just kind of catch you up and give you our musings of of the week. So, so yeah, yeah, so we, we had to figure out something that we could give the extra the people who actually do the Patreon as a little bonus. So we'll actually do the like Nika said, we'll do the we'll make it like a mini uh, an additional mini show that for all the Patreon fans. And in addition to that, you'll have access to the discord chat. So Mm -hmm. we'll, you know, you'll be able to join that. And then if you want to put up any stories that you think we should talk about, you know, any conversations that you want to be had before uh, or maybe even during, we'll have to figure out if we're going to do like a live chat. A live chat. We we may do that to add an extra bonus to the Patreon people who uh, uh, donate. So we'll maybe do that. And then afterwards, like if they're, you know, we want to have conversations after the show. If you listen to it live, you know, we we can carry on those conversations after the show so that'll be all for the patreon uh i guess in order to do it we're going to go video so if you don't join the patreon we will i think we'll move to video uh, i don't know if we'll do youtube or twitch i think we may may do one or the other combination of the two so that's another i guess announcement in order to do the patreon to where people get the pre-show i think we're going to go video but again the patreon folks You'll get the extra bonuses, like the access to the Discord. You'll get the pre-show, and you get to listen to it live as we shoot it. Yep, and you may get some additional treats. Do do do. Yep, yep. All right, so I think that's it. I think we're ready to get into the show. Um, let's start with Lowdown, where we talk all things Apple. Um, we just finished up um, WWDC last week. Um, Lots of information came out of that, um, what's to come, what to expect. We covered that on last week's show. And one of the things that um, I don't think was directly addressed was um, iPhone 12. Um, and, uh, you know, we expect it the announcement to be made in September um, per usual. The question is, when will the phones be launched? Typically, 
in previous years, you know, uh, the, the actual ordering, you could pre-order and delivery was fairly quickly after the announcement. But based on some information that we are seeing um, from Cult of Mac, um, is that uh, Apple is really trying really hard to um, conquer any type of, of delays. They're trying to reduce the amount of delays of, of, of when the iPhone 12 will come out. Um, as we know, we're in this Rona pandemic, you know, situation where everything is, is delayed. So um, Apple is trying everything they can to reduce additional delays with the devices. So, um, go ahead. No, yeah. So I was just going to say, um, they're looking at, according to the story, four weeks to two months when it comes to the iPhone 12, which is supposedly a 5g handset that Apple's going to come out with, you know, like Nika mentioned, normally they make the announcement and then later on that week you can pre-order and then next week it's the following week it's available for sale. So it's like, from the time they announce it to the time that it's actually on sale in the Apple stores and, you know, all the other, you know, carriers, um, it's a week. But mm-hmm. now we're looking like four weeks to two months because of, you know, China uh, delays and then the whole coronavirus thing. So who knows? China, I mean, uh, Apple's trying to fight that. But so here's the thing, right? Every year Apple says or there's some rumors that there'll be some sort of delay, Right. And then every year, like clockwork, they're on it. They make the announcement. You can pre-order later that week. Next week, you can pick it up in the stores. The following week, you can pick it up in the stores, right? That's kind of, people have kind of surmised that's Apple's way to build up that scarcity mm-hmm. to where when, as soon as they make it available for pre-order or for sale, people rush out to get it so they can make those first week or first month numbers look good. So, you know, they kind of put the rumor out there, the rumor mill running that, oh, the iPhone XR or the iPhone 11 or the iPhone whatever previous models, there may be some sort of delay. And you can look this up because we've talked about it, you know, mm-hmm. what, the past two years? Yeah. Every time around this time, there's a rumor that, you know, there's some sort of delay. But like I said, like clockwork, you can get it. As soon as they announce it, you can get it shortly after, right? But this, this year time, is a little <laughs> different. It's a little different this year because we actually have a legitimate reason as to why the delays may be from like the story mentioned anywhere from four weeks to two months. So we'll see if, if Apple can pull it off, is it a question of them being able to overcome the odds and pull it off? Or is this Apple's game always to try to build up the scarcity? So we rush out and buy it so they can make those first week numbers look good. Yeah. But I don't know, based on this article, you know, people have been, you know, remote and working from home. And um, when you're dealing with any type of hardware, most times when you need a lab, you need to test stuff, you need to build out stuff, you need to be in person in in a lab doing this. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, while most tech companies are still allowing folks to work from home, Apple has started to bring back um, last month their hardware engineering team and development team to come back into Apple Park because those people, they kind of need them. They got to stress test this They have to stress test it. And based on this article, I don't think the final designs have been locked in. So that's another issue. Design changes. Yeah. uh 
So I don't know. I don't know if they're they're bluffing us this year. It may be maybe the real deal, but you know, we'll see how how that goes. So Yeah, yep. I'm up for a device this year, so I'll probably be jumping on the iPhone twelve, yeah. but we'll see when I can get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely up for a new one. And I was looking um when I was um perusing the internet today, there was a rumor, I have to go back and find the link that the the iPhones, the new iPhones won't come with earbuds or chargers, right. which will allow for, you know, a quicker delivery because they don't have to worry about packaging and building and, and shipping those, 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 extra, extra parts. those extra parts. Um, and also it seems like the, without those two things, the packaging itself is much more streamlined. I mean, right. if you know anything about Apple devices, their packaging is very specific, mm-hmm. very neat, very compact, very minimal. Um, so without those other things, you know, it it, it may help. It may not. Uh, I guess you know we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Especially if they're if they're saying they're not going to uh, include the the power brick is what I call it, the little white part that comes in the iPhone 12 that may lead us to believe that the iPhone 12 will be lightning because if they're going to switch over to USB-C they've got to include the quote-unquote power brick the power outlet is the because most people won't have it because most people won't have it most people have a USB power brick that you can just put that into the wall and then plug that into your iPhone so if that's the case then we may not see a USB-C which I'm I want so bad. My MacBook is USB-C. My iPad is USB-C. You know, I'm starting to get more and more devices that are USB-C. It'd be nice to have one cable that I can use for everything. So, but if that's not the case, because they're trying to streamline, I'll I'll take the phone (laughs) over USB-C, right? And who's to say if they can't can't ship it, you know, with it now, who's to say they may not, you know, when stores open back up, if you have the device that can come in, they'll give you a free one or they'll ship it later. Right. I mean, there are all types of other alternatives of, of getting it. But just to get the phone out, you know, if that's what they have to do, that's fine. Because most people have tons of, of uh, earbuds already, um, well, ear pods or, right. you know, um, they're yeah, over the ears cares. or their AirPods. They, they got you know, I have tons of those just like laying around. So that is fine. I think maybe the power brick may be something, but again, people, you can buy, you know, generic ones if you want, or you have, I'm sure most people who have Apple devices have multiple, you know, power Mm -hmm. adapters all over the house somewhere. So that kind of makes sense. Okay. All right. Let's head on over um, to more COVID-19 talk. Um, for those of us who have Apple cards, um, uh, starting right at the beginning of the p- pandemic when it was really catching fire, um, um, Apple uh, and Goldman Sachs, who are partners in the Apple card, they started to tell customers that they could defer their payments. So they did it in April, they did it in May, they did it in June, and we're in July. So they are doing it for July as well. So it's the Apple card customer assistance program that allows you to skip your payment without penalty. Of course, you have to sign up for it and all those types of deals, but it just goes to show that 
what they thought would be, you know, maybe a one month, maybe a two month thing is now going into its fourth month. So if you do have an Apple card and you have hit some kind of hardship or need some extra help, you can defer, sign up for the customer assistance program and the, well, skip, it doesn't say defer, it says skip that payment. So it's not like, I don't think you have to, you know, make it up. It's just one of those. You're just, yep. It just means that you simply skip the, the payment without, um, contacting the charge. Yeah. And without the interest charge. Yeah. Which is, which is cool. Uh, I'm interested to find out. I didn't apply for the first one. Um, I'm curious to see what sort of, you know, prerequisites or what sort of, um, proof for lack of a better term that you need in order to qualify for this customer assistance program? Is it just a matter of signing up or do you have to provide some sort of proof of you being affected, you know, adversely of, you know, COVID-19? Yeah, there was a link in there. I was like, let me just click on it and see. (laughs) It doesn't look like you have to do anything. So in order to enroll in the program on your device, you just click the link um, in the message. No, you just, uh, oh, you can text it. That's neat. Um, you can Maybe just they'll text ask them. you some questions. Maybe it just, the- no, it just says you text, I would like to enroll in the customer assistance program and tap uh, send. And then they'll give you a confirmation. And that's it. It doesn't that's really it? ask you anything. All right. All right. What happens so- when you enroll? You skip your Apple car payment that's due for the month of July without incurring any new interest charges. All right. So all those folks out there, if you just want to hoard your cash, if you're not affected, you know, if you are affected, definitely take advantage. But if you are not affected and you just feel like you need to save some cash for this month because, you you know, you never know what's coming up. Save for a rainy day, you know, um, Definitely take advantage because it looks like they're making it super easy. Yeah. And they're saying your account will still be reported as current to your credit bureaus. All right. There you go. So, I mean, yeah. And they don't ask you anything. They just guess they're just taking people's word for it. All right. Cool. All right. Well, take (laughs) advantage. (laughs) You can either go to the directly to the Apple um, website um support.apple.com backslash apple dash card takes you right to all the details but usually it just looks like you can text it from your phone all right well hey so that's the least a trillion dollar company in the bank can do yeah i mean that's the least they can do they have all this free (laughs) cash they can you know help a couple people out if they need it okay all right the last um Apple story that we have for the lowdown this week is one that's fairly interesting because um, Macs are known to not really be affected too much by, um, you know, viruses or, or ransomware. But there is a new ransomware called EvilQuest that is being um, installed on people's devices through pirated apps. So essentially what it does is you download the app. They used an example uh, in the in the article that I'm reading. It's for this app called Little Snitch App. And so what it does is once you, you know, install the app, you run the installer, all that good stuff. It copies uh, a script to a folder. This is the ingenious part called crash reporter so the the malware itself 
is in our folder called Crash Reporter for, for the app. So you wouldn't think to look in a Crash Reporter for, you know, for any malicious software. And what happens is it doesn't automatically run. It gives you a little time to get comfortable with the app. So once they do hit you with the malware, well, the ransomware, you won't necessarily associate it with that app because, hey, I've had this app for a while and it's just now showing up. So so what it does is it, it encrypts um, a part of your system and it causes like your finder to not work, um, your system will constantly crash and your keychain gets corrupted. So we've talked about keychain before where you store all of your passwords and keychains. So when you're in Safari or you're using anything that needs a, a password that you have in your keychain, you don't have to worry about typing it. It's already stored, just click the button, boom. It gives you access to, to what you need. So with this particular malware, once it encrypts your hard drive, there's no way of getting it off. It's there, it's done, it's encrypted, you can't access it. So you'll get a little pop-up window that says that your system, um, you can't unlock your keychain and you need to pay $50 to get your files back. Otherwise, everything on your hard drive will be deleted in three days. So a couple of things that I've been preaching on and harping on forever and something that Apple has also been preaching on and harping on forever the way you get this app is you have to go on a Russian forum with torrent links. That in and of itself is bad. Should stop you or <laughs> slow you down from installing anything. So if you bold enough, you know, and it's not your fault, you know, you should be able to, like you said, you know, Apple has been long considered, you know, malware and, and, and uh, antivirus spyware proof, but that's not the case. Because you do have to, you know, it's just an operating system. And now that more people are using Macs, then there's more people who are willing to come up with this sort of software to put ransomware on your Mac. But still, for this particular thing we're talking about, you actually have to go on a Russian forum and download torrent links. And I say that, you know, we've had all these issues of Russia. So, you know, who's going on a Russian forum? Why not fooling with Russia? Right. And download torrent links. That should be your first issues, right? Number two, you mentioned there's no way to get this off of your computer. There is a way to get it off of your computer, but you will have to give up your files. And what I mean by that is you'll have to erase your entire hard drive, which has all your data, which has all your pictures and all your videos and all your personal, all your business documents. Maybe I should have said there's no way to get rid of it that you'll be happy with. Right. There's no way to get happy with unless you do what? Pay the $50. Have a no, no. Have a backup. <laughs> If you have if you have a backup of your files, which is what you should be doing anyway, if you do decide to go on a Russia uh, forum and download torrent links and you get this message to say they want fifty dollars in order to get your stuff back, all you should be able to do in theory is be like, I'm not doing that. Let me reset my device back to factory settings, get an earlier backup, and then boom, you're back in business. But what people people don't listen until it personally affects them. So you know, it's sad that this is out there because, again, you know, reason why, like I said before, reason why a lot of people get Apple devices, especially Macs, is because they're you don't you don't have to deal with some of the same issues that Windows and Android people get. But now you can. So in order to, you know, thwart this one, stop torrent torrenting unauthorized apps from Russia, number one and two, keep it back up, you know, but the fact that 
this is an issue means that Apple may have to step up their job um, to do a better job of safeguarding their um, their download process, which they've always stressed that's, hey, you know, they've got all of these, like, when, when, when I go to download anything, they've always got these messages like, hey, are you sure you want to download this? This app is not in the Mac App Store. Mm-hmm. If you download this, you run the risk of uh, messing up your computer, whatever the actual official message says. But, you know, a lot of people just click through anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like, at what point do you take responsibility for saying, look, I shouldn't have did that. I did something I wasn't supposed to do. I didn't have the safeguards in place to where I could recover if I did do it. You know, so that's just on me. I just got to take the L and either pay this thing or, you know, uh, lose my files forever. You know, at what point are we going to own up to more responsibility versus just saying, oh, Apple, you got to fix this. I'm like, do they really? They've already told you what's going to happen, what could possibly happen. And two, they've already let you know you're not putting in the right safeguards. So that's, I guess that's the thing I'm, I'm the, 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 the seesaw that I'm on. It's like on one hand, yes, Apple does need to do, probably need to do a better job because new threats come every day, right? On the other side, it's like, yo, what are you doing? Why are you downloading crap? <laughs> but you're talking to people who don't even want to wear a mask to go outside yeah, to protect right. themselves. So You're right. So you're that right. second thing is kind of like, yeah, no, they're not going to take the L and they're not going to take responsibility. It's Apple's responsibility to protect them from their stupidity. Yep. Uh, forget everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> and also in, in the article, it does say that it does say that although this particular uh, what did I call it? What is it called? Evil Quest? Is uh-huh. only through pirated apps for now. Apparently, there's still some sort of security flaw that will allow malicious code to be put on on apps that uh-huh. are outside the Apple Store. So, right. if someone you know jumps on this Evil Quest bandwagon and they have apps out there that they just get in the you know that you can go online and download. Right. Even if they say if Apple, you know, gives you a little warning and forces you to go to, you know, your system preferences and accept, you know, this app from this unknown developer, people do uh-huh. it all the time. So right. if they go and do that and you get that, you know, this piece of malware or something similar on your machine, then, you know, there you go. So it's just one of those things where, you know, you just have to continuously be vigilant Mm-hmm. Even though you may not want to, or oh, it's a hassle, but it's only a hassle until you get hit. Right, and lo- the, all that to say, long gone are the times where you just buy a Mac and not have to worry about ransomware. I guess that time has come to where we got to start paying more attention. So paying I get more it. attention, yeah. And the thing is, these hackers are smart, you know. And there are some people. Oh, it's just fifty bucks. Just give them the fifty bucks so I can get my machine back. Some people will probably pay it because oh, it's only fifty bucks. Right, but, and they know they and they know they messed up by yeah. downloading crap from Russia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's Russia now, but we've seen how Russia can infiltrate mm-hmm. and get in our everyday ecosystem in our everyday life and wreak havoc. So it's Russia now. Could be your local mm-hmm. game that you want to download for your kids, or yeah, you're right. You're Productivity right. app that you can just pop on online and get so be careful it may not be this particular thing that you can get this evil quest it could be something else so just be safe and careful out there on these download streets yep all right that's it for the lowdown let's head on over to second string where we talk all other tech 
So this week we'll start with YouTube. And as a person who, you Terrence, cut the cord, let you talk about this one because I'm still on the on the regular cable plan uh, right. bandwagon. So, yeah, so uh, I'm a YouTube TV subscriber. And the reason why I picked it is because I could cut the cord and YouTube TV gives you all the features, all the channels, well, a majority of the channels that you are used to, you know, subscribing as a cable subscriber. So, you know, all you need is an internet connection and a set-top box. In my case, it's Apple TV. I download the YouTube TV app for 50 bucks. I get all these channels. I get a cloud DVR, so on and so forth. Now, the reason why I switched to YouTube TV because I was on another streaming service and they kept jacking up the price. It went from $50 to 55 to 55 to 65. I was like, all right, I ain't doing this. The benefit of cutting the cord is you can pick and choose at a, at a moment's notice what quote unquote cable subscriber, I'm doing air quotes, cable subscriber you want to switch to. If you don't like this one, go to this one, so on and so forth, right? So now I'm on YouTube TV because the other subscriber, I didn't like they was jacking up their price as well. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right. <laughs> so now a YouTube TV has decided they're going to jack up their prices from $50 a month to $65 a month due to, quote, unquote, the rising cost of content the company announced in a blog post. But, so they didn't even step it up. They just went straight for it. They didn't right. hit they, you with they the little $5. Nope. Nope. They was like, nope, straight to 15. <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> what they did do, which, you know, I'll have to decide on what, what my next move is uh, for the extra $15 a month, because they went from 50 to 65, uh, you'll get eight new channels. You'll get BET, you'll get CMT, which is country music television, BET, Black Entertainment Television, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon. Paramount Network, TV Land, and VH1, which those are some pretty hard-hitting channels, right? Those you know, are pretty I would popular. Be, right. I'd be interested in BET. I'd be interested in Comedy Central. I'd be interested in Nickelodeon and Paramount Network for my kids, and then VH1. I don't do the reality TV at all, but I every once in a while, I catch, I catch the misses, you know, uh, <laughs> checking out a couple of them, you know. So <laughs> that would be something she may meander on to, you know, so... Uh, giving you a total of 85 plus channels to watch. So they they are jacking up the price, which the whole purpose of cutting the cord is less expensive cable, right? Because, you know, you're looking at your average cable bill for your family is anywhere from $150 to $200 a month, you know, to get all the set top boxes and get all the channels and get all the everything, right? Well, if you're doing streaming TV, it's like, oh, well, I can save almost $100, just by cutting the cord and, you know, going to internet streaming and you get all the same features. Well, if they keep jacking up the price, it's like, well, what's, what's the, the point? point? Right. <laughs> what's the <laughs> point? Right. So, um, so that was the big issue with this, uh, story that I wanted to include. It's like, you know, how much cutting the cord is saving me money versus just a new wave, new way of doing things. If the prices are the same, you know, what's the benefit, but yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. Um, they, I didn't see when, oh, the new price is comparable to AT&T, you know, so on and so forth. Um, let's see. It doesn't say when it's going to start. <laughs> I'll tell you because my credit card bill will change. <laughs> so I have to come and update. Um, let's see. Yeah, I didn't see uh, an actual time of when they'll do that. Um, but like I said, get, if you are a Google, a YouTube TV 
a subscriber. Uh, don't be surprised if you get a an extra fifteen dollars added to your bill. But if you do, definitely check out those channels and let me know if that's enough for you to switch, or are you gonna, you know, is it is it enough for you to stay, or are you just going ahead and find another subscriber because you got um, you've got um, Hulu out there that does live TV. You've got uh, uh, you know all the different. Uh, Peacock and HBO Max and, you know, a lot of these stations are putting out their own apps. You know, is that going to be enough for you to switch? You know, are you going to stick with, you know, YouTube TV? Because it is, you know, like I said, the uh, the benefits are pretty good, but it's just like they keep creeping up on me. And I don't know. I don't know. So <laughs> let me know. Right. Yeah, I'm still on the I'm still on the cord. I still have the regular stuff. I've been meaning to like try and see how I can cut back on that. I just haven't gotten around to it. It seems like a lot of research goes into trying to figure out which plan and all that stuff. Well, yeah. they're, they're making it easy because they're starting to be so comparable, which I guess was one of the reasons why YouTube TV decided they want to jack up their prices because, you know, they are comparable to some of the other uh, subscribers out there, and but they're cheaper. So it's like, okay, well, let's you know, jack up our prices to match, you know, our competitors. But, you know, um, once you, once they do that, the point I was trying to make is they're all kind of the same now. So mm -hmm. it's like, you kind of just, you kind of just follow your favorite shows. And if, you know, you like Greenleaf, for example, and that's only on Netflix, then that's where you go. If you like reality TV, you know, you figure out which one has VH1 or what, what, you know, the other stations that carry and you kind of follow that now, but you know, before, you know, it was you were the whole benefit to cutting the cord is, you know, you you can't just watch what you want to watch. Right. You know, you get all this extra junk that you're paying for that you never watch. Right. So with, with these different apps, you can China. OK, well, I'll just pay five dollars for this. I'll pay ten dollars for that. I'll pay twenty dollars for this. And then, boom, I got exactly what I wanted. And I'm only paying 30, 40, 50 dollars versus 150, 200 dollars for just a small portion of things that I watch and then all this other junk, right? Right. But now they're starting to add all this stuff. So it's almost like like I mentioned, how is it indistinguishable? How is from, it different? Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Speaking of cord cutting mechanism, Netflix. They are in the news for doing it up big. So Netflix has about 100 million in cash and they are shifting all 100 million into black owned banks. And I think you were posting about this on Facebook. Um, what was it? A couple of weeks ago that you um, opened up uh, an account with uh, a black owned bank. Yep. Yep. Uh, One United is an online bank. Uh, it's not, you know, it's like an online. It's like it is an on, <laughs> it is an online bank. So it's they don't not, have brick and mortar. Right. They don't have branches. You know, it's all online so they can, you know, give you all the special benefits like no transaction fees, no monthly fees, so on and so forth. You know, um, but we'll see if um, what sort of benefit uh, that this has for, you know, black owned banks, you know, uh, the, and I'm just read the story. The online TV giant will start by shifting 25 million into the Black Economic Development Initiative, a new fund that will invest in black owned financial institutions serving low income communities and 10 million to the Hope Credit Union. Going forward, the company will steer 2 percent of its cash on hand 
which currently amounts to about $5 billion to financial organizations that directly support African-American communities. So I'm not a financial dude. I'm not a banker. But, but this is huge. Right. Because the more money banks have of, of you know, lend, yeah, they can they can leverage that. They can use it. What's the word? Collateral. That's what I was looking for. They can use that as collateral to uh, uh, create more uh, initiatives, to create more um, economic development for some of the communities that they serve. You know, the more money a bank has, the more leverage that they have to do positive things in the community, basically. So by Netflix doing this gives African-American, you know, um, black owned uh, banks, economic uh, initiatives, so on and so forth. The more what's the word bandwidth bandwidth to do more things so and the thing is it's not just the one-time influx of cash that i think is is the real sticking point it's the it's the commitment to steer just two percent of their cash on hand right so they currently it's not killing them they're not losing any money they have already five billion mm-hmm. netflix specifically of cash on hand and so you know this is is huge because a lot of times you know, um, black and brown people, it's harder for them to get um, loans or or, or get uh, uh, lines of credit from your traditional, you know, top banks. And if they do get them, they get them at unfavorable rates. So the thought is they will be able to not only support these black institutions, but the primary, you know, folks who go to these institutions are black and other people of color. So it's just, you know, it's huge all the way around. And this is what I particularly mean when I say, you know, companies are folks being allies. Instead of Netflix just making their statement like everybody else did, um, Black Lives Matter, or, you know, we're, we're here to help in systemic racism. This is actually putting action instead of words. They said that they were going to do things. Great. A lot of people were doing that. But this is one of the first really big companies that are actually putting their money where their mouth is. They're actually doing tangible things to help systemic racism because systemic racism does not just affect, you know, the killing of black people. I think we talked about this last week. Systemic racism covers a gambit of, of, you know, society education, housing, finance, you know, banking, it affects so many different work streams. So for them to put this into, a, you know, the financial institution and banking institution, it goes to show that they are really making an effort and a long-term commitment to help in systemic racism. Yep. And one of the, uh, the, uh, Credit unions that I mentioned. I'm just going to go ahead and read from this story that we found in Bloomberg. Hope Credit Union serves more than 1.5 million people in states, including Alabama and Louisiana, but it doesn't have enough money to fully support the financial needs in its communities, according to the Hope Credit Union CEO, Bill Bynum. And this is his quotes uh, We are capital starved, just like people in the communities that we serve. Having a global voice like Netflix say it's important. To invest in financial institutions like Hope is tremendously important, not just for the capital 
we will use to make mortgage loans and small business loans, but for, for what it says. Right. So that goes right to what you were saying that, you know, it's one thing to just make a notion and just say we stand against you know, Black Lives Matter and we change our programming to re- reveal more black owned films and movies and TV shows, which is great, actually, to, which is good. But to actually say Netflix believes in black owned banks versus just putting their money where everybody else puts it. And those people get all the money and run off and do whatever. They're actually using the money that they already have. Like I said, they ain't hurting. This is not extra money coming out of pocket. This is the money that they've already had. All they're doing is just changing and shifting where that money goes that can benefit more people that they claim to be allies of. Right. Right. And that's and that's key. And I hope more companies follow suit. Um, And I hope that they are once they put up those black towels or make their Black Lives Matter statements or change their, you know, icons to be, you know, black power fist or whatever the case may be. Once they get over the initial let me make this look good, let's actually, you know, be about it. So I'm glad Netflix is is leading the way. In addition to hiring their first black C-suite um, uh, executive, uh, Bozema St. John was just announced, I think yesterday, as mm-hmm. Netflix's um, CMO, uh, chief uh, marketing officer. So all right, shout out Netflix. to her. All right. And Netflix, uh, we talked about a couple weeks ago, the the um, owners, the CEO, they gave what one hundred twenty million to um, HBCU. So, you know, right. they they are you know don't want to get too excited, but you know they are being about what they they're said being, they're going to be. They're being proactive at yeah. the very least. I may have to look into buying some more Netflix stock to see you know see if I can support the cause. Just with a. With, Couple couple dollars. Couple dollars over there. <laughs> I ain't buying hundreds of thousands of stock shares, but you know, I'm gonna see where I can you know, keep my money. Throw a little something over there. Right. <laughs> and I know I was seeing uh, my my one of my cousins posted on Facebook when they said that they were gonna do the the HBCU money. He's a um he's a Morehouse grad. He was like, Man, guess I need to get my own Netflix account now and start paying for it. I'm like, Right, yeah. instead of bumming off the family, right? Yeah, get get your own account now. <laughs> So yeah, cool. All right, the last story for uh, second string, Facebook, 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 Facebook. I think we talked about them. Uh, I mean, we talked about them a lot, but um, I think when uh, Twitter came out and said they were gonna, you know, flag, you know, certain tweets if it was uh, misinformation or bullying Overt- or harassing, yeah, o- o- overtly misinformation right not right. even just the suspect stuff not even the free speech stuff just flat out this is a lie right and we know it's a lie we can prove it's a lie we can send you to the information to shows you that it is a lie so there is this campaign um that is going on against facebook all these advertisers are pulling their um pulling their advertising dollars until unless Facebook does something about the harassment, the racism, the misinformation, because, you know, uh, Zuckerberg, he was pretty adamant. You know, everybody has the right to 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 post and, and say what they want. You know, it's like we shouldn't have to do all of this, you know, monitoring because it's people's rights and all that stuff. Well, 
um, since this whole thing started up until when I found this article, I actually saw it on Twitter. Um, we're reading it from Newsweek. $56 billion in market value. Gone. Yep. Among other companies, you know, you're looking at Verizon, uh, Pagodia, Ben and Jerry's, Honda, Coca-Cola. A lot of these uh, companies are joined in this advertising boycott uh, started by the Anti-Defamation League, NAACP, and Sleeping Giants. Uh, Campaign dubbed Stop Stop Hate for Profit urges businesses to cease advertising on Facebook services in July and is critical of Facebook's record on policing its platform. So that goes back to what Nika was saying was, you know, Mark Zuckerberg was like, well, free speech, we ain't going to censor anything, no matter how salacious, no matter how much of a lie it is, which is, you know, opposite of what Twitter said. It's like, look, there comes a time where we got to do something. We got to step in. So Mark Zuckerberg's kind of took this stance where I'm just going to let it fly, regardless of what it is. And it looks like on its face now, I'm a skeptic, so I'll give you the other side of this, right? <laughs> on on its face, it looks like, you know, these companies are saying, okay, well, we're going to put my money where our mouth is and we're going to stop advertising on Facebook because that's how the main way that Facebook makes money by companies, you know, buying ad space, doing advertising spends, things, spends and things of that nature. But as a result, you know, their stock market is starting to tank. And then as of earlier this week, Facebook did say, okay, well, we're going to try some new ways. We're going to try some different things. And as of today, because I've been getting a little bit more active in the stock market, their numbers are starting to rise. Facebook, rather, their um, uh, stock market value is starting to rise a little bit. But the the other side of the coin that I, you know, this is something that my wife even mentioned that I was like, yeah, that, I can see that, right? Well, it's, is it, is it these companies that are finally starting to take a stand and say they're going to stop spending so much money in advertising? Or is it the fact that they were going to do it anyway because they need to save money because of the coronavirus, right? So, you know, they need to start cutting back on budget spending. And one of the places where companies spend a ton of cash is advertising, right? So it's like, okay, well, you know, we were going to do it anyway. So let's just look, let's just, Let's just make it look like we're, we're going, taking a stand. We're taking a stand when we was going to do this anyway. It just so happens that Zuckerberg decided he was going to take this strong stand against policing hit their content. So we'll just use that and get some extra brownie points, right? Mm-hmm. When they were going to do it anyway. So I guess that's the question. It's like, you know, uh, are they doing this to put a good face on, you know, and actually take a stand, or are they like, or? They're just putting a good face on and they was going to do this anyway. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. And the question is, they said for the month of July. So if Zuckerberg doesn't make a significant change, are they going to do it for August? Are they going to continue to do this? Or and that I think will be the true test of this is something we're going to do anyway, or this is something we actually believe in. Right. And so even in the story that we found on uh, uh, Newsweek, Unilever is the people who, you know, they have a whole bunch of health and beauty products. Huge. They're uh, huge. Right. They said, and, they, and we quote, we have decided, we have decided that starting now through the, at least the end of the year, we will not run brand advertising on social media news, ple- news feed platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Twitter. in the U.S. Mm. So that leads me to believe that. They were going to do that anyway. They was going to do this anyway. It just so happened it coincides with this, you know, take a stance 
uh, and um, what do they call it? Stop hate for profit yeah. uh, campaign. It's like, all right, well, let's let's get a couple brownie points at the same time. They'll get some some extra. What is it when uh, someone is like you're running behind them and you're catching their draft? Is that what it's called? Uh, yes. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's something like that. I don't know. It's been a long <laughs> week. It's something like that. But yeah, yeah. It, it'll. I think Ben and Jerry's they are about it. So right. I don't. I don't. Uh, pretty much. I don't too much question Ben and Jerry's because they are real G's about it about this racism thing. Right. Um, the other ones, uh, I guess we'll see. Right. I guess we'll see. But in any event, I, I think it's good that they're putting the pressure on Facebook to actually do something. So we'll see. Oh, it looks like uh, Zuckerberg has already revealed measures for countering voter suppression, misinformation, and other content deemed harmful. Right. And he said that. Right after on Friday, because like I said, I've been starting to watch the stock market just in general closely. Um, when this all this stuff came out, their stock tanked on fr- last Friday, right? Mm-hmm. So then, like yesterday, I think he said they're taking these extra steps, and now today their stock market price was climbing a little up. bit, climbing a little bit again. That could be opportunists that watch the market and watch like, the news. Let's get it on this Facebook while we can. Right. So what they did was they sold off all their stock on Friday to drive the price lower. And then while everybody else went into this frenzy selling all the stock, they bought it back. Plus, they bought it back. And now the stock market is the price is climbing. So they're making double, if not triple what they was making if they would have not done anything in the first place. So but that's just, again, me being a a skeptic and a cynic. (laughs) (laughs) But it makes sense, though. And they, and and the thing is, there are plenty of people who are taking advantage of the situation that we're in uh-huh. to I make bought, this money because yep, they can. I, yep, I bought some stock, Facebook stock yesterday too, and made a couple bucks off of it because again, it's like it goes back to the point, right? It's like, do you rage against the machine or do you play the game? It's like you know what what you know just just in general, you know, regardless of whether it be you know uh, racism, regardless of whether it be police brutality, regardless of whether it be sexism, regardless of whether it be you know uh, bigotry, whatever the case may be, whatever your your issue is, it's like do are we going to continue to complain and write tweets and you know do all this cancel culture thing, or are you going to actually start to take actual steps? So we're seeing like the story we just talked about, right? Netflix. For an example, has decided they're going to actually take steps versus just saying, hey, we thoughts and prayers. Right. Right. You know, uh, on the flip side, us as consumers, when are we going to stop? Not stop. When are we going to realize that our consumerism is part of the issue and how are we going to start to play the game? You know, or or do we boycott, boycott, boycott and bring these companies to their knees or do we actually play the game and figure out how they're doing it and do something similar? You know, that's my little yeah. diatribe. Yeah. Yeah. And I need to really get in on this stock. Cause I have one of my retirement accounts. It's just cash. I need to really invest it in something and see if I can make a profit off of it. Ain't nothing like money making money. That's yeah. my take from 2020 with all the stuff going on with, you know, coronavirus and all this economic issues, you know, now personally it's like, okay, yeah. Am I just going to sit here on the sidelines or am I going to get into the game? Yeah, I need to be proactive. And speaking of being proactive, let's head on <laughs> into For the Culture. 
And let's talk about uh, this new opportunity uh, that people can get in on. Right. So there is this black woman. Go black women. I am one. I love us for real. Um, she uh, owns a, a tech startup um, and they are now doing a public um, offering um, for her new data platform. I believe um, uh, Issa Rae is, has backed this, has talked about this. Um, it's called Streamlytics. Mm-hmm. And um, it's essentially um, an application that allows you to combine all of your data into one app and you can see where, how your data's flowing, what's going on, where it is, you know, what you're being uh, from different, from your different, uh, Jesus Christ, I can't think of the word, from your different apps, whether it be, you know, Instagram, whether it be social media, whether it be your streaming TV sites. Mm-hmm. All of that, it's putting it into one data ecosystem that you can see all of your analytics for any of the application that you choose to connect. Right. And so we've been talking about this, talking about this, talking about this, right? We say it all the time, you know, how valuable, how uh, data is currency, right? We've been talking about for years, right? We've only been doing this podcast for like two years and every week or every month we're talking about how data is getting leaked. Somebody is taking your data, you know, from all the different face AI and how they're using the police are using that data. And Amazon is selling the data and all Facebook is misusing the data. You know, we all we've been talking about is data. Right. So what makes Streamalytics cool and what makes it beneficial to users is one, like you mentioned, you get to see how your data is being used, how the all these different apps and services are using your data, you know, what data they're collecting, you know, all that information, you get to see that in one easy to use platform, right? That's number one. Number two, um, you have the oppor- opportunity to benefit directly as in profit off of the data that you use. So I don't know the exact details. And of course, you know, that's kind of like the secret sauce that she uses, you know, the company uses is they'll take all that data, package it all up. One, make it easier for you to digest by giving me creating one um, file form one uh, format, one format that you can then take that data and actually digest it better. Then if you want to actually decide if you give Streamalytics the uh, permission, they will anonymize your data. And then going forward, all of these apps and services that you use, you can actually get a cut from Streamalytics sharing that data with the companies that want to use it. So, you know, they have you on one end consenting to anonymize and i gotta make sure stress that anonymize your data so it's not you specifically it's more of an avatar or a profile that's based on demographics right how old you are where you live what kind of content you assume how long how how long you consume it so on and so forth package that up you know provide that the companies that want to use that data but at the same time don't want to actually have to try to farm that themselves by pulling it from all these different you know ways or whatever the case may be then they have to pay a fee in order to um, get that data. And then she kicks that, you know, turns that to the actual users who are actually providing the data. So it's almost like a win-win. You know, the data is secure. It's anonymized. You get to see your data and then you get the profit off of it. So that this is a cool uh, program in and of itself. I'm not right. sure what kind of competition she has, but it sounds like the first of its kind. Yeah, Again, it sounds like it. 
Right. I'm not in the data, you know, aggregation, big data field. I'm pretty sure there may be some people out there trying to do that or companies themselves trying to do this. But not on this level, though. But but not on this level and not one specific platform, right? To where you can connect multiple, you can have multiple sources that that you get this data from. And the fact that you are consenting so you're pulling your data you can see your data and you're consenting what you want to send to to certain people so you can say say you want to add twitter instagram and facebook right and you don't but you have a snapchat you have a whatever you don't you can customize the data that you want to be sent to get your additional profits another thing that i noticed that this is i think will be extremely helpful for is this culture of influencing so you right. can put in all of your sites into this one app, get all your information, build your package, and you can go to any type, say Coke and say, hey, you know, you can advertise on my website or through my Instagram because this is my demographic. These are right. the views I get. This right. is the traffic that I get. And that's just another way of generating revenue based on your data, whether you use stream analytics to do it for you or whether you take the information that you're getting from them and piecemeal it out and, you know, customize it based on the customer that you're trying to do, you know, business with. So it's a win-win all the way around. Yep. And I have a personal um, personal connection to uh, the founder, Angela Benton. Um, she was one of the first people that gave me a writing job when I started blogging about technology. So she had back in the day, this old, just the old, old school back in 2010, 2011, uh, black, black web 2.0. That was her uh, website. And I was one of the writers on her website way back in the day. Of course, she moved on to greater, uh, bigger, better things. She was she started the the new me accelerator founder, you know, mm-hmm. uh, first African-American owned uh, startup uh, uh, group to where they actually bring in founders and would help them get money, give them access to capital, give them influence where they can then build their businesses. She actually went on and made that super popular, you know, sold that. And now she's moving on to something else. So, you know, I just thought I'd uh, put this out there because it's a good idea. Number one, you know, whether whether or not I'm connected to her or not, it's just a good idea because again, data is currency nowadays. So for her to actually have a platform for consumers to actually better, uh, better uh, farm their data and actually use it to benefit from it, while giving these companies the ability to pull this data versus you just giving it out publicly, right, and just giving it out randomly, right. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, you go on Facebook, you go on Instagram, you go on Snapchat, you go on Twitter, you go on all these platforms, but you're not sure how these companies are using your data. You're not sure what they're using it for. But if you were to actually partner or join the Streamalytics platform, you know specifically what data they're getting, how they're using it. And if you consent, you know, they can get it and you get a kickback. So just the fact that it's a dope idea, number one. And number two, that I'm actually connected to her some shape, form, or fashion that just added icing to the cake. So right. I say all that to say uh, she is actually um, uh, uh, looking to um, get funding. Mm-hmm. And the way she's doing it is through crowdfunding. So you actually can invest in this company. So what you have to do is you have to go to startengine.com and actually look up her platform, Streamlytics, and actually you can 
for as little as I saw maybe like two hundred dollars. It's like you can actually yes, yeah, two hundred you have the minimum investment is what, two twenty five and it's like four hundred it's like four dollars four dollars and fifty cents a share. Right. So you're getting equity. So basically how it works is, you know, if you invest, you know, a little as two hundred and twenty five dollars, you get four dollars and fifty cents per share. If this takes off when she's already raised eight hundred and sixty five thousand dollars and that's jumped from this from this morning when i when i was putting the show together it was like seven hundred and something thousand so over the course of you know a work day it's jumped like a hundred thousand right so she's got all the information in start engine and we'll make sure we put the link in the show notes but if you want to actually become an investor you don't have to have a gob of money to actually invest in something like this this is something almost like a you know um Almost like Obama's campaign to where instead of him trying to take millions, grassroots, that's the word I was looking for. I couldn't think of the word. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's like a grassroots thing to where instead of you trying to go and get millions of dollars from some uptight, biased investors, right? Mm -hmm. She can actually use this platform and actually regular people, similar like to Obama's campaign to where if you give $20, you know, you are uh, you can collect that from a larger swath of people who otherwise wouldn't have opportunity or access Mm -hmm. or the knowledge to actually invest in something like this you can get in on the ground floor and then you know it blows up a year or two from now she decides to ipo and she ipos at you know initial public offering for those who don't know um she goes on stock market for the first time and the stock market says okay so your company is worth x amount of dollars so we're gonna ipo you at $20 $20 a share. Well, if you invest it now at $4.50 a share, you do the math. You get, how much money you know. <laughs> I did the math while we were doing so. If you did the base minimum investment of two twenty five, dollars and they offer it if she goes IPO um, for Terrence gave a number uh, $20 per share, you would have almost quadrupled your initial investment. It puts it about $1,000 for, um, for the minimum investment. Yeah. So, you know, for one, she's African-American. She's a black woman, like you mentioned. Number two, uh, black women don't, but minority investors in general do not get nearly the amount of startup capital that their white and counterparts do, you know, in the traditional way. So the ability for her to go to a platform like this, raise this amount of cash, you know, from people who, you know, believe in the idea or believe in her. To where otherwise she'd be facing an uphill climb. Yeah. You know, she also mentions in, you know, some of her blog posts, you know, talking about all the success this, you know, crowdfunding campaign has raised. You know, she's been places where they've slammed the door in her face, you know, mm-hmm. for the fact of her to then turn around and raise this type of money from just regular people. You know, that there's something to be said. So And and also let's be clear, if a black woman has gotten this far in the process, you better believe her app, what she's selling is top notch. And it's not something that she's just, you know, it's a idea. Casually doing. Yeah, this is actually something that she's been working on for at least two years. And is actually generating revenue. It's not just she's going on Shark Tank, you know, (laughs) and, you know, floating some numbers in a pitch deck. Right. She's actually working on this. This is actually she actually has partners. She has has people, companies, brands using the platform as we speak. So, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, uh, having a minimum viable product, but versus actually having a business, an idea, a platform that's actually 
right now currently generating money. So right. the fact and, that, you know, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the way she has it broken down um, on Start Engine. So right now, since it's the it's within the first 10 days that the offerings come out, if you invest within the first 10 days, you get a 5% bonus shares right. based on your initial investment. And each investment, they are tiers. Right. So based on the tier that you, you know, invest with, that gives you access to to different, you know, things because you are an investor. So some of them, um, they're different tiers, bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond. And of course, you know, the higher you get, the the more benefits you get. But um, but yeah, so I I am going to invest in it. I've already, already I've already created my account. I did it this morning and I was like, I'm trying to figure out, you know, which account I'm going to pull it from um, to fund it. So. So, yeah, I'm definitely uh, yep. popping in this, especially before the two days run out. Yeah, because I mean, this thing is going like bank gangbusters. So, yeah. you know, it just goes back to the point, you know, like I was saying originally, it's like, do we do we complain that are not enough black founders not getting money or. Are we going to put our money more where our mouth is and realize there's somebody out there that needs the assistance, needs the capital? Are we going to start to write checks? Because that's something we can do directly. It's one thing for us to say, you know, uh, uh, the tech, the tech scene, you know, there's no there's no, you know, diversity and inclusion and quality. And then when something like this comes along, we're like, oh, yeah, that's nice. Good for her. But, you know, don't really support support. Right. right. You know, because we have to look to ourselves to to make that change as well. You know, we can't just wait around for people to, you know, wait around for Netflix or Facebook to say, hey, you need to do better with our data. You know, we're giving away all this data and we're not profiting and benefiting off of it. When something like this comes along in Streamalytics, you know, we got to be ready to put our we got to be ready to put our own money where our mouth is. So, you know, I, you know, I, I wanted to talk about it on the show. I wanted to make sure people know about it. And I've already invested as well so because i want to get in on the ground floor or something to where i want this to be my apple right exactly my amazon or or your facebook or your tesla Mm -hmm. absolutely so shout out to angela shout out to streamalytics you know shout out to the crazy amount of money that she's raised in the past week because i if i remember i remember if i remember correctly she had raised so much so fast that she put people on the wait list and so many more people was trying to get in that she finally took people off wait list and now she's you know everybody now now everybody can invest you know without being on a wait list or anything so you know much success to her you know Definitely. hopefully you know hopefully this thing takes off hopefully it becomes like you said the next you know trillion dollar company because right. I was there on the ground floor, so I want my money, too. <laughs> Give me my monies. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So on from this fantastic news to this BS, I don't know why this dude just will not shut up. And it's not that. So, again, second, I'm going to say I won't shut up. <laughs> everybody has a right to their opinion, but. It's it's one thing to have an opinion. It's a whole nother thing to see a pattern, right? Right. And we're starting to see a pattern with Terry Crews. For those who don't know, if you haven't been listening, what was last week, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. to where he was saying, you know, we got to be careful, black supremacy 
and you know that we got to be careful about you know black people thinking they're supreme or whatever the case may be in the result in in the wake of all of this black lives matter thing so you know he's trying to equate white supremacy with black supremacy black supremacy supremacy doesn't exist but doesn't exist and i there's no way (laughs) in our he doesn't have any black people that care about him right so (laughs) To, to double down on the white supremacy, you know, he's come out with another, you know, uh, quotable. Quotable. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to read it directly. So, you know, he the point he's trying to make is we're all in this together, right? Instead of just saying we're, we're all, all in this together. And then shut period. up. Period. Stop. <laughs> he, he's got to add extra stuff. The same thing with the white supremacy and the black supremacy, which doesn't exist never could exist. White people ain't gonna let black supremacy happen, but that's a whole nother subject. Holy you know, here, I'm, I'm gonna actually uh, say the, the, the tweet. If you are a child of God, you are my brother and sister. I have a family of every race, creed, and ideology. But he didn't stop there. Mm-hmm. He said, we, we must ensure black lives matter doesn't morph into black lives better. So uh, I'll let you, you know, what do you, what do you think about Black Lives Better versus Black Lives Matter. Is that a thing? He is stupid. <laughs> I don't like to call people stupid, but he is stupid. Like we said last week, all black people are asking for the bare minimum is right. equality. When right. we could be asking for revenge. When we could be seeking revenge. We right. just want to live life like everybody else. We want to be <laughs> able to go to the grocery store and, you know not die you know we want to be able to be in our yards and you know i i saw this new article this new thing um that happened yesterday this lady just thought she was entitled to come into these people's yard and demand that they show her their permit for them adding a stone patio to their backyard she couldn't even see the patio from the street i don't know how she saw the patio but my thing is people black people just want to be able to be people to be human no one is saying that we are better Better. than any other race and the my thing is when people the confusion with black power and white power white power is used to oppress people right black power is used to uplift people because and affirm and affirm people because as black people since we were brought here against our will, have had our humanity stripped away, have been told that we are crap, we don't do anything, we're lazy, we're horrible, we're the most, you know, worst people in the entire world. And all we are trying to do is affirm ourselves so that we don't just continue to fall into this, you know, cycle of of self-hate, which I personally think Terry Crews, he doesn't like some part of him because there's no one has said anything about black lives being better. Mm-hmm. We've only said that they matter. We've only right. said stop killing us. We've only said we want access to equal education. We want access to equal health care. That's all that black people are asking for. And at the, you know, I take it a step down from that. Maybe not even equal, just quality health care, just quality education, just quality, you know, way of life. You know, equality is where we're trying. Equality is where we're trying to get to. But right now, can we just get quality and then maybe we'll work up the equality? 
But the automatically the the issue I'm having it with people like Terry Crews and some other people who have an issue with the Black Lives Matter. Van Jones. The, the, it's, it, right. It's the idea that, okay, let's just say for argument's sake that we do believe black lives is better, right? Let's just, argument's sake, how long would it take for black people in America to actually get to a point to actually look over and say, you know what? Now we're better than you. That's going to take centuries. And it's kind of like putting the cart before the horse. We haven't even made it to equality. And you're already talking about supremacy, right? We, there's no way, shape, form, or fashion that we could even, that it would even let let happen that we could get to a point to where we're looking out and saying, okay, so now that we've made it, now we think it's time for you white people to do this because we're better. We're going to make you our slaves. Right, right. You know, really? nobody's, if, even if that were the case, that's not happening. This uh, America, United States of America, they won't even, they're griping about statues. You know, they're griping, they're griping about, about wearing a face mask. Right. They're griping about wearing, there's no way, shape, form, or fashion they would even let us get to a point to where we could even fix our faces to say that we're better or there is a such thing as black supremacy and there is some sort of conspiracy to actually make white people subservient. It's like, that's not the life we want to live. That's not the life to where anybody wants to live. It's like all the people like Terry Crews and some of these other people, can you, can you talk about dismantling white supremacy? That's an actual thing first. Can we Instead talk of about made this? up stuff that could only possibly maybe even minutely happen three right. centuries we- from now? Why are we jumping to that? We we haven't even com- uh, art the tackled and combat the stuff that's actually happening, like institutionalized systemic racism. It's like you're not even speaking to that. You're already jumping to well, okay, well, you know, you you may you never know, you know, do, 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 you gotta be do, do, careful. Do, do. Yeah. It's like you, you, you tap dancing. Tap so dancing. it's like it's like this. And my it, thing is, is he he's considering Black Lives Better because. Now we have white people stepping down from doing roles that should go to black people that we are now capitalizing the being black when it should have already been that way. So you're Mm -hmm. taking these small wins and equating them to black lives better. You're equating them to black supremacy. Are you a freaking nut job? (laughs) Like, I just don't understand how you are thinking these small things. We just got the first black woman no the first black uh, yeah the first black woman to host a primetime cable news show in joanne reed right who is she's been doing the work right but now she's only getting the opportunity because the guy who had it before was racist and, and had to leave and, right. and quit so and that all of a sudden equates to black lives better right right <laughs> and we're still having first black people in the year of freaking 2020 and you're right. trying to tell me that we got we're not we don't want to get to black complex. we don't right. want to get to black lives better or black supremacy are you freaking kidding me yeah. bro it's just you, you're just, putting you're putting the cart before the horse it's like we we haven't even got to black lives matter yet we're just saying it we ain't even got there yet we and don't you're even talking have about it. they're still murdering <laughs> black people mm-hmm. now right even and in if, the midst of all this Right. And if not that, you know, you're talking about stories. I saw a story today to where 
or yesterday, yeah, today, to where a lady was in the uh, uh, the hotel swimming pool on business, and the white lady, the the white worker, decided to just skip all the other white, white people, people that were around in the pool. Yeah. And went directly to her and and hounded and harassed her and called the police on her because she didn't think that she was a guest there at the hotel. Even until, after she showed her a key, they still didn't believe her. Right, right. So, again, yes, let's just say, again, let's just say for argument's sake that you didn't believe for whatever reason. You didn't recognize her. She didn't look like your, your typical customer. If you would have been smart and you really believed that if you really believed that all lives matter, right, you you should have been smart and went and asked everybody for their key card and then eventually got to her and said, "Okay, I'm going to need your key card as well, because at the very least, you would have not signal a signal singled her out. Specifically, you're not because, even smart with your racism. Right, right. And then when somebody calls you on it, now we're all black lives better and black supremacy because we called this lady out. And as a result, she's lost her job. That's not black supremacy. That's us calling people out on their crap. And if that's black lives better, then I guess so be it, I guess, question mark. But that ain't even the case. It's like treat us equal. If you're going to single me out, single everybody out or don't single anybody out. I mean, how hard is that? Why is that? Why is that black supremacy? Because I want to if you're going to kill people for resisting arrest, kill everybody. All it's, of them. It should be much I'm, more dead people. You know, if, if you're going to harass people for uh, lemonade stands and harass people for having barbecues and harass, harass everybody, harass everybody. If you're going to shoot people for jogging down the street, shoot everybody. everybody. Or don't shoot of, you know, is that is that what you want? Is that is that the alternative that you're looking for i don't think nobody nobody wants that nobody wants to be shot and killed while they're running nobody wants to be harassed while they are shopping nobody wants to be harassed while they're at the pool with their kids for money for a hotel room that they are paying their money for nobody wants that but the thing is if you are if that's your standard to say that sometimes people come in here that don't supposed to be in here. If that's the case, then what about all these people? Are they all not supposed to be here? And if that's the case, ask every last single one of them. But no, you leave all the white people alone and you see the one black lady with her black kids and you Mm -hmm. automatically go and harass her and then call the police on her. When are people going to learn that calling the police on black people usually gets the black person dead? I mean, maybe they do know it. Again, that goes back to the point. It's like, can we we are striving for equality? Can we live? And the, and the fact that Terry Crews has already taken it three, four steps down the line to where we actually think <laughs> we are striving for supremacy is re- I was about to say, nope, it's silly. <laughs> I was about to say something. <laughs> I was about to say something else. So let me just say it's silly. Right? I've had to edit myself this whole conversation <laughs> about Terry <laughs> Crews. So it's it's just a it's just a it's just a shame that when we are talking about something as simple as equality and to matter that we're met with all this opposition from something as simple as mattering. You know, Michael Che, you know, the uh, Saturday Night Live uh, uh, host, he has Mm -hmm. a good show, a good stand up uh, set. Uh, I think it was like a year or two ago. And he talks about Black Lives Matter and definitely take it's funny. But I mean, it like brings the point home 
of what we mean when we say Black Lives Matter. So if you want to put a funny spin on it to live in the low, because I know this is a heavy, heavy. conversation, yeah. you know, so definitely check it out. It's on Netflix. It's called uh, I think it's called Michael Che Matters. Right. So definitely check that out. But it kind of drives the point home of what we mean when we say Black Lives Matter. We don't think we're better. We don't think we're more supreme. We're just looking for equality. And the fact that you can't even you can't even acknowledge say that, that is, without just tap losing. like you said tap dancing for the man right and I'm, right. i really believe that he doesn't have any black people in his life who genuinely care about him because if they see the stuff that he's posting they would have snatched him up by now but i really think somebody posted this and i wholeheartedly agree he wasn't acting in white chicks that was just him being him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I I don't want to believe that. Um, he, <laughs> when people show wanna, you who they are, believe them. Believe them. Believe them. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to believe that this is some sort of game by him in order to make himself look better. No, I think he truly believes this. That's uh, the sad part. Yeah. Yeah. He, I think he really does believe what he's saying because even after he made the statement and he got so much backlash online this fool then went and made a video doubling down on it and i'm just like bruh where where's your pr team Who, just take the l just take where's it. your handler you don't took like several l's my dude already <laughs> and you just won't you won't stop i wish right. you would right so Ugh. i guess we i guess it's up to us to hold ourselves accountable because you know terry cruz is one of us so i guess that yeah it's up to us it's it's up to us to hold our own feet to the fire you know when some of our own are acting sideways we gotta you know what do you say call them out so yeah they've 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 called this brother out they called Mm -hmm. van jones out this week too but that's a whole nother story i don't have I don't have the energy for him right now. Okay, so the last thing that we have to talk about in for the culture um, is there was um, an article that was posted. Um, was it on Medium? Shoot, yes. it, it was on it, Medium because I uh-huh. read it and I was like, I can't remember if it's on Medium or not. But um, from these uh, black women um, who worked for Essence. Um, Speaking of holding ourselves on the fire, yep. right? If you're not familiar with Essence, it's a Black-owned publication that highlights Black women. It's been around for a really long time in the vein of uh, Ebony, Jet, all those type of Black Black Enterprise. Black Enterprise, Black-focused magazines, glossy magazines, print magazines for for Black women. So um, these group of of women, I think, shoot, they call themselves the Black Black Anonymous. Black Female Anonymous. Black Female Anonymous, I was misheard. So they have penned and opened, uh, what does it call it? Open letter? Open letter, yep. To Essence. Mm -hmm. Yep, and it essentially calls out the executive leadership of of Essence. All C-suite got their own paragraph Mm -hmm. about what they've done to um, black women in the industry, how they're treated at this particular magazine um, and the harm that was was done to them um, physically, meaning their mental health and, you know, from emotionally. The fact, emotionally 
And for some women, you know, just absolutely abandoning their position because mm-hmm. they couldn't, you know, take it or they were being forced out. Mm-hmm. Low so, pay, sexism, low pay, sexism mm-hmm. harassment, all mm-hmm. that. And this is from other black people, primarily other black employees. women. These yeah. are employees of Essence. Yeah. So it was mm-hmm. a CEO who got called out. The um, head of HR, which is the CEO's wife. Which is um, crazy in and of itself. Is conflict. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, some of the um, other HR folks got called out. Some of the digital folks uh, got called out. I mean, and they were quite specific with their complaints. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like broad strokes of, oh, this happened. No, it was detailed of how these women who worked for Essence were treated. Mm-hmm. So um, after this comes out, you know, everybody's talking about it. It's all in the uproar. Yeah, let me make sure I read some of the points yep. so we make sure we understand. So um, the Black Female Anonymous is what they've called themselves. They're, you know, a group of current and previous uh, employees from Essence Magazine, which is more than a magazine. It's a platform. It's an event. You know, it's just like this whole Essence I- does. Yes, this whole identity. So it's bigger than Podcast. just a black magazine. Yeah. They were they, they it's recently an enterprise. Owned. I think they're called now Essence Ventures or something like that. Right. They were they started off as a magazine. They were bought by Time Inc. Uh, this CEO came in in 2018 and bought it from Time Inc., which made a big deal out of making it a, finally it's back to being black owned. And this is the same so, guy who owns Shea Moisture and right. a bunch of other stuff. Right. So fast forward to today, uh, these female anonymous employees uh, have said the blog, the blog post alleges that senior staffers at Essence mistreated black female employees for the past two years. It said that there was sexual harassment pay inequity and bullying happening within the company. The actual quote, just a small quote from the post that we're talking referring to says, we present ourselves under the condition of anonymity for fear of retaliation, intimidation, and the maligning of our media careers. So they went as far as to list, like you mentioned, each individual C-suite person down from the CEO to the HR to marketing. And they've like listed all these specific not specific, but all the general ideas that fall under, you know, uh, bullying, under pay, intimidation. intimidation, you know, just all the emotional stress, the physical stress that they caused on some of these women. Because a lot of these women were, you know, in some of the things that I read, you know, some of the women were coming back from maternity leave. And as mm-hmm. a result, these executives were harassing them and pushing them out because they wouldn't doing their specific jobs as it relates to being off from maternity leave. They tell one of the uh, people that I read talked about, um, you know, how they were doing all this work and they were stressed out because they wasn't getting paid any time that the group would mention or talk about pay equality. You know, the C-suite executives would just not There's even listen and just walk out. And then one of them actually mentioned, well, if you think you can get more money, There's you know, leave. Yeah. Which is the exact polar opposite of what you would think a major company like essence the environment that you would think that they would have would be you know for women for black black, women that's just magic you know all all this stuff that you would think a company that they say right you would think that this is the polar opposite from the actual environment that lives and breathes within this company so it was like you said like you were uh, alluding to you know, they put out this post in Medium. A lot of people read it. 
a lot of the buzz was happening as a result of it. Um, and their initial, they did, um, after the uh, initial article came out, they did come back with a statement that I just was, it was yuck. so full of gaslighting. They gaslit those women. I was like, I don't know how, I, I don't know. I was just like, wow. So they took no ownership of anything that was in that article. They said it was 100% false. It was all wrong. We None take of this true. seriously. We take you it know. seriously. And we know <laughs> that we didn't do any of it. So they didn't take any type of even, you know, the the BS line of, you know, we'll take a look into this. We'll, we'll do an investigation, even if they didn't plan on doing an investigation. You know, yeah, they again, said, PR, uh, to, to, to make it seem like you're doing something, none of that. They just went straight for the jugular, like, nope, this ain't true. Don't believe it. It's yep, all lies. They said, quote, unfounded attempts to discredit our brand and assassinate personal character. And they're not talking to people like you and me who are just on the outside tweeting bad stuff about Essence. They are saying this to their own employees. They're talking to their own employees, people the that are still there and people that are not there. And people that love the company, people that, you know, as a girl, you know, I've, I've seen some of the tweets as a girl. My dream was to write for Essence mm -hmm. and I finally got the opportunity. This is like a family type. This is like legacy almost to where, you know, you strive, you know, same way a tech geek would strive to work at Apple or Facebook or Google. You know, some of these black women have, you know, grown up watching, listening, reading, going to anything Essence, right? And the fact that they were get here and then all of a sudden they just want to say, you know what, we don't like y'all. So we're just going to pin this thing to get y'all up out of here. That is that I I don't think I could believe that if even if it was the case, which clearly it isn't. Right. Right. Yeah. So all that said, moving where we forward, are now. <laughs> right. So, you know, they they put out this, you know, rebuttal. Essence did and said, you know, all of this is wrong. That's not what we are. Dingo you know, will. right. So fast forward, um, they finally decided that they were going to do something. So they released another statement that said they are going to hire these lawyers and hire these external firms to actually look into some of the issues that these uh, the black female anonymous uh, story raised. And the CEO, uh, I think his name is Richard Lou Richard, Dennis, yep. has stepped down as CEO and they have put in a interim CEO. Let me find her name. Where is Caroline it? Wenga? Yeah, I'm not sure who she is. I've never heard of her before, but nope. she's going to be the uh, inter in interim CEO until this uh, external uh, lawyer law firm is going to look in some of these issues that some of these women have raised. So, right, because my thing is they're alienating the very population that buys their product, yep. the people who you serve. That's who you're alienating. The right. people who buy Essence magazine, the the women who go to Essence Fest, the women who listen to the Yes Girl podcast, the women who go to the digital platform and watch the videos. You're essentially all these women are lying. Right. So there's no way that you say that you, you know, that this is being attempted to discredit you, all this is false. You're essentially calling all these black women liars and your base, your supporters are black women. So you're calling your readers in their minds. I'm assuming you call me a liar, too. Right. right. And if even if a tenth of what is being said is true, you are mistreating these black women who work for you 
I am a black woman. I get mistreated on my job. So I'm not going to support somebody who mistreats. I wouldn't support a company who would treat their employees who look like me, who have my experiences. I'm not going to support you. And I think that's why they did that 180 real Mm -hmm. quick. Yeah. And not only did they write this letter, you know, in the letter, I forgot to note this. The group uh, launched a petition and are urging corporate sponsors like AT&T, Chase Bank, Coca-Cola, Walmart and other brands to immediately divest all of this partnerships with the company. And what makes that so significant is it's coming on the heels of all of these companies kind of bending and starting to affirm and acknowledge Black Lives Matter. So when then this perfect storm of these now, these anonymous black um, employees of Essence have finally said, hey, you know, you've got all these other companies that we've been holding their feet to the fire. Hey, we got this other one out here. So it, it is not far fetched to say that some of these same companies like AT&T, Chase Bank, Coca-Cola, Walmart, all these companies that have put out these Black Lives Matter posts in the past month or so. It's not far fetched to say that they would actually say, you know what, uh, let's keep this train rolling and maybe we need to pull some of these ads and this advertising and this partnerships that we've done with Essence. So maybe there's something to it that now all of a the sudden they the CEO has stepped down and they've hired. I mean, this he, external saw what happened firm. To fa- he saw what happened to Facebook. I mean, if Facebook can lose that much value and it actually hit them. To mm-hmm. make them be like, whoa, let me do something. Yes, brother. They are coming for the black magazine, the black enterprise, not black enterprise, but let me just say Essence Ventures. If they can come for Facebook, they can come for you. Right. Well, so we'll see what happens. Like I said, they've hired these external law firms and everything, and they've uh, the CEO stepped step down. Of course, the the the. The open in open in the open letter that the female anonymous black female anonymous wrote. They want all of the executives gone. They mentioned yeah. Joy. You uh, what is her name? Michelle uh, Ebanks. Michelle Ebanks. Banks, yeah. Uh, Joy Collins Profit, the chief operating officer. Mm. And, uh, um, some of these other people, you know, they, they the want all the HR, They want they uh, want a clean sweep yeah, of yeah, so. the executive leadership. And the thing is, you have to think if that's what's going on from the top, you know, it's filtered down. You know, there are some managers, there are some directors who have like, okay, so this is what my boss expects. So this is the way I'm going to treat. So it's going Mm -hmm. to have to be a cultural reset for this company. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the story reaches all the way back to uh, what's her name? Michelle Taylor. I think it's her name. Susan Taylor. Taylor, How they got rid of her. How she left, you know, did she leave? Did she retire or did they push her out? She you know, that's and everybody, and everybody loved them some Susan Taylor, yeah. right? Because so, I mean, uh, she was synonymous with Essence. Right. When you thought Susan Taylor, you thought Essence. And mm-hmm. I mean, that could have been when whoever, I think, time bought whoever they wanted to. But no, this is, she was let go like in like 2017 or something like that. Way, way before that. She was gone in 2008, I want to say. Uh, um, yeah, 2008. Yeah, yeah. So, but that quiet kind of, firing. So they fired her. Yeah. So that was around the time that Time bought it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we made a big deal again. We made a big deal when um, uh, Rich Rich Dennis Richard Lou Dennis came in and bought it from Time because now it's back in black hands. Essence, right, right. But if this is the case, then I mean, 
what's the point what's if the you're going to have this environment like this? You know, if you're it's going like, to be just as bad, if not worse, than the quote unquote other who had it. If if you're if in house is going to be as bad as someone outside of the house would treat you, I mean, what's really the benefit? Right. So we'll see how all this unfolds, like I said, in the wake of all this Black Lives Matter. So we'll see. We will see if Black Lives Matter, even to black people. (laughs) Right. Because (laughs) honestly, it I mean, we've seen it. I mean, we just saw with Terry Crews. um, We saw with Van Jones. Apparently he's, um, you know, been a well-known, quote unquote, Democrat. But apparently Mm -hmm. he's a secret Republican or something. He helped write Trump's uh, police reform and I use reform very loosely, Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. And, you know, how the saying goes, all skin folk ain't skin folk. folk. Mm-hmm. And they around. would like to be, they, a lot of, of those type of people, their identity is wrapped up in being the only black in the room. Right. And the good black. And if another black person enters their space they become you know territorial and like it's only me you gotta try and show i'm the best one i'm the best black you know Mm -hmm. that type of thing so you know we're fighting a battle on multiple fronts we're fighting against people who hate us because of our skin color and we're also fighting against people with our same skin color who Who think they're better who think they're better and are fighting Mm -hmm. against us as well so it's just it's exhausting you know to have to be in this right so yep like you said we'll we'll see how this folds see how out, it but... plays out because i mm. mean i think what this whole covid this they're calling it you know the pandemic we have for you know the medical pandemic but they're also calling it a racial pandemic and i think it's just a perfect storm and people are being exposed for who they really are they aren't able to hide behind certain things anymore and if if there's nothing else that comes out of this, it's the exposure of people who want to cause other people harm for no reason other than their skin color. Or just flat out opportunist yeah. and are, are, you know, pushing aside the thoughts or the feelings or the care of the many just for self-serving For themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, boost their profile, boost their, you know, financial situation, you know, all at the expense of you know, their brothers and sisters. So it's unfortunate, but we do have, you know, the positivity from before from Streamletics. So let's, let's hang out on that. You <laughs> yeah, <know>? right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's it for, for the culture. I don't have a hookup this week. Do you have a hookup this week? No, we're at almost at two hours long. So okay. we just going to sk- skip the hookup for this week. <laughs> All right. So that's it for this week. Definitely. Um, download, rate, and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also hit us up on the social media. We are at SnobOSCast everywhere, which is Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also leave us comments um, on our website at SnobOSCast.com or shoot us an email at SnobOSCast at gmail.com. And don't forget um, Patreon. We have that coming next month. Um, so we'll next eat. month. I'm shoot. not, not next. Shoot. Do that next week. <laughs> next week. Sorry. I saw, I'm, I'm looking at the screen where you're typing and I saw month starting next week. So go ahead and head on to patreon.com slash 
get your donations in and get access to the pre-show, live show, and our Discord chat. And I think mm-hmm. that's it for this week. That's it. All right. Bye, everybody. Peace.